Welcome to the Enneagram with Chelsea and Nicole. This is a positively deviant culture podcast anchored in the Enneagram. We're continuing our conversation on the top five, as we've already talked about the core brilliance so far and their integration and disintegration points as they experience stress and flourishing. So in order to responsibly continue fulfilling the description of this type, now we're on to the paradoxes. But knowing that that is really a breeding ground for exploration, we have a quick reminder for you first. Every episode, I want to remind listeners that this isn't a prescriptive fixed tool and that our conversations are designed to work with the material and the ideas in an exploratory way. As long as I've been working with the Enneagram, my knowledge and application continues to evolve. And so that's what we're here to do. Keep keep learning. I'm learning so much just in terms of framing and the way that we can think where with paradoxes, which this tends to be both of our favorite episodes, whatever's true, the inverse is also true. And it's true throughout life. And then especially within the Enneagram. So let's get into some of the paradoxes of the type five. One of the things that is a really interesting paradox is how fives are able to have both depth and breadth of knowledge and information and simultaneously have the whole, like they can contain the whole in their mind. And that whole is greater than the sum of the parts. This ability that fives have is really extraordinary. And yet the paradox is when they will overly compartmentalize, overly isolate and stay there. And they will lose contact with the whole because they get fixated on whatever kind of mental construct or whatever the particular is that they're investigating. And then they'll lose contact with the whole. So I think it's a really interesting paradox that happens. Yeah. I mean, you work with so many fives and I think part of your role is sometimes helping them potentially see the bigger or the broader picture or get unstuck. So do you notice this happening not only just generally speaking, but in specific instances? Yeah. What's really interesting is, you know, like with all of us, we can pop in and out. Right. And so fives and sixes both do this thing, right. Where they will get overly fixated on particular detail because that's what's immediately in front of them and what there's an investigating. There's a different energy in which each, you know, type does this. So what's interesting about fives is that when they do this, they'll often do it with complex things, you know, comparatively. So humans, you know, can get caught in a particular detail. I mean, that's not, you know, exclusively with uh, the head types. That could be all of us. But fives will get caught in maybe a complex compartmentalization so that it's a less obvious place of isolation and and sticking into this particular that makes sense because they're committed to mastery, right? And so they're they're working in these really complex, heady spaces. They're committed to competency. So they want to turn every stone, understand it deeply. And of course, the definite downside of that is that you could get stuck in one portion. You've also talked about flow versus fixation. And so can you describe what you mean by their ability to flow and maintain that curiosity, which we already spoke of? And then how the, the sticking happens. Yeah. And that's actually an excellent insight in terms of the source of it being usually inside a drive towards mastery to, to getting to something so completely and so deeply that there is a, a misuse of their focus, right? So, so fives are gifted with this focus, but then they can be overly focused to where they're not pulling out, you know, in terms of they're not getting the altitude. 
is what I mean in terms of zooming out. So you're right that I think it, it is connected to the drive to master information uh, versus, you know, with the other types, it's something else. And this flow that is at their optimal state of processing is they're able to flow in and out of all of it simultaneously with a kind of synergy of mind and that gets stuck in this paradox or five it gets stuck in, in there becomes just a fixation in this very one thing and, and an overly focus and an overly uh, digging in to a particular. And I think that typically any of us that are doing that, it's, it's, it's coming from a, a place of anxiety. We're trying to have some sense of control. And so we'll dig into the detail. It's very easy to do because they have the focus to do it. <laughs> Yeah. And you also mentioned compartmentalization. The reason I bring up compartmentalization is because we've talked about that in terms of what's happening for threes. And part of why this conversation is so exciting to us is because it's an opportunity for us to explore the nuances. I know you use this verbiage. It's kind of like the different flavor of maybe the same words. And so it's important for us to share what's happening for a five when they're compartmentalized. Is that the same or different for what's happening with a three? Yeah, I'm so glad that you, you're asked this question because this is exactly what makes it a lot of work. <laughs> the discipline of, <laughs> of getting into the Enneagram, it requires a lot of discipline to kind of uh, parse out the nuances. Threes, it's more of their compartmentalizing in terms of their emotional and relational space in order to manage more, not less. Fives generally are trying to manage less not more. So there's this little bit of inversion with fives, their kind of compartmentalization is a sort of isolation to, so that they can deal with less, <laughs> so that they can actually constrict and increase their focus and the precision of something. To be able to manage something better, for threes, it's going to be an efficiency issue. For fives, it's going to be a resource issue. Fives will often feel like they don't have enough resources, you know, emotional or, or, or energy resources. And so they will go into isolating certain things. And tied to this, which I think is, is fascinating, is that fives, we mentioned earlier, have this incredible ability to notice contradiction, to understand the most complex things and how they're integrated and not separate this opposite happens with these kind of forms of isolation where they will be taking the parts and weighing it more than the whole, which is the opposite of what they're, you know, they're doing at, at their best and at their most brilliant states. Each type has an ability to engage poetry, you know, as I call it, which is the, these places of paradox, right? The places where there's, there's inherent contradictions and these contradiction actually reveals something more true that is more nuanced and invisible and these hidden places, right? So fives actually can land quite nicely in the space, so can fours, but fives, they will lose contact with the poetry of something and they'll become very literal and one dimensional, almost in a kind of autistic way, meaning like the, the part of the brain that's difficult to get to the poetry, to get to the relationship to get to the part that is less clear and less explicit, but still very powerful. So fives can dip into these places, which is the opposite, which is very paradoxical, which is in, in, in an even more funny way when we're, we're talking about paradox and it, itself. This is really a lot of irony here because it's very meta. 
and flags can enter into these meta places, right? And yet here they're lo- they can also lose contact with what that is. I think a great summary of that is the fact that you just described the potential for this one-dimensional approach. When when we were talking about the core brilliance, you described their experience as like a fourth dimension. We were using kind of matrix type analogies. And so absolute inverse. What else? Very much so. Yeah, they can become one-dimensional, very linear, very demanding, almost of this very strict overly logical where the only thing that is present is is one tool versus all of the tools and they lose contact with all of the other skills in order to exist in the matrix and in the ambiguity and they sacrifice that for an immediate sense of simplicity and and clarity which at their best, they can take something very complex and make it very clear. But in their best doing that, they don't lose any of the complexity. They're just able to bring clarity to the complexity, right? In their worst, in the paradox, they'll lose all contact with the nuance in the actual complexity and relationships that exist. This is really interesting. I mean, the thing is like, It's painful almost to have these conversations because what they were designed to do with being able to engage in these really complex spaces and make sense of them, which is so inspirational, is the very thing where we always end up. It's the very thing that can end up holding them back. And it's the very thing within each of us that ends up holding us back. Yeah. And then another thing that comes to mind, too, is, you know, how um, fives are gifted with a very acute and well-tuned sense perception. Their ability to perceive is is heightened usually and excellent, which is very much dependent on the body, sight, sound, smell, right? Like all of the, the information that can come through the body and be translated by the mind. The brilliance of a five is very gifted with this. And yet the paradox of what happens is that they will become completely detached from their bodies and in that way lose their ability to perceive with accuracy and will be very limited and become disconnected in a negative way with what their gifts are. And this usually is a contraction, right? It's a self-protection. Fives can very much lose contact with their own humanity. And the irony here is it's their humanity and the brilliance of their bodies and of the species that we are as humans is the ultimate tool that provides the intelligence from which they can gain omniscience, right? It is the thing. And then the paradox here is when they will separate themselves from their own humanity, they're cutting off the very tool that gives access to the brilliance and and this place of omniscience and knowing and transparency and and being able to not just see the matrix, but comprehend it. The body and the humanity is absolutely necessary to do that. And yet that gets cut off. And then a resulting paradox from that is that they will move from fascination of the world and humans to utter fear of the world and humanity. Similarly, like we talked about earlier with their relationship to death and the void, which can be a beautiful, rich place that they can move into fear 
and absolute avoidance of some of the realities that are very, very difficult. When at their best, they have an amazing capacity to hold the deepest, darkest realities of the universe. And yet, paradoxically, uh, when they're in their stress response in average states, absolutely be terrified and avoid them at all costs. Yeah. Are they paralyzed by the enormity? <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great word. I, I love that. I, I think that's a great word. I think that, yeah, that, that ultimately all kinds of fear will paralyze, you know, any kind of fear for any of us in, in its extreme state is a paralytic. I think fives, yes, can experience that. Yeah. We know that fives are really interested in knowledge. So knowledge is power. The truth can set us free. How can this actually become the very opposite of what it was created to become? Yes, this is so interesting how the the very most powerful thing <laughs> in terms of omniscience and knowing and how expansive this is, how powerful it is in terms of freeing us from a lot of fears because of what we don't know. We often fear what we don't know. And so five's ability to investigate and to know and to have this transparency can often set humans free or lead to other things that give humans more freedom and more expansiveness. So the paradox here is, is when that doesn't happen, it ends up being where the mental activity of fives can actually be a trap and can enslave them. And meaning they can enslave themselves. They can be overly committed to knowing in a way that limits their knowing. This is this, the deepest kind of most secret spots for us all, right? Is the very thing that we're after we can self-sabotage because we're overdoing it. We have an overcommitment so that there is a place of, of attachment. So is, as long as fives, you know, again, at their, their, their most brilliant state can engage these places so expansively that it is absolutely limitlessness, which part of that is them going to a seven. But when they can enter this kind of fixation, the negative deviance, you know, the, the, the deviance is so important in terms of good thinking and critical thinking to be able to try on new things and explore and experiment. When that goes negative, there can be fixations, these negative imaginary places that can be a negative side of deviance that can be very dark and very self-entrapping that ends up becoming a source of internal enslavement. <laughs> yeah, you really struck a chord with me because I've seen people go to this place, them being in the thinking triad in their head. There's a lot going on in there, right? And it's so internalized that maybe unless you're really attuned to what's happening for someone, you may not even notice. But thank you for the words that you used in terms of enslavement, like being a slave to your mind. We also know that the mind is the place that can absolutely set us free. And kind of finally, what comes to mind that is related to this is that part of fives is that their genius is entirely unselfconscious, like at their best. It just is this kind of neutral place, right? Where there's genius presents itself in a very neutral non-self-conscious place. And then in the paradox, this is kind of what, what we were just talking about, where it becomes highly conscious, where there's an over-identification with the genius that is emergent. 
and the brilliance of a five is that they end up being like a tool, like many artists will, will describe this, right? Like where things just flow out of them and it's not about them, right? So fives can enter the same place where the, the genius is very unselfconscious. It just is, it's whatever. The inversion of that is that it's overly conscious and that it's very much about an identity and about uh, the thing itself and not that which it serves it becomes about them. And so those are the places that it, that it goes. Um, it doesn't go well. And this is the, the paradox. And these are really important, I think, for us to realize in ourselves. And then as we move around the Enneagram, you know, we all have a five in us, right? And these are the negative sides of a five or the tendencies that, that can happen to us when we're, we're in our five self the essence of who we are, if we can kind of get out of our own way and not try so hard is the beautiful thing to just be present in that moment. And it is when we try to try too hard and we over apply that they become misuses or in this case, the absolute opposite. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting to locate the paradoxes. The reason we said before, which is to give a more complete picture of how humans abide in an absolute paradox. We, we rarely stay in one place very long. And sometimes there's many things that are present at the same time. And so to see this and to know this, experience this gives us a clear understanding. And I guess in the five framework, right, this is very much a five thing to do. <laughs> and I believe this is me going to my five self when I came to the paradox as a frame to experience each type with more clarity and more comprehensiveness. So hopefully it is a sort of innovation. I think it's a helpful model to actually experience how a five experiences the world. I have one kind of just last curious question, and that is, you know, how do fives typically engage with the Enneagram? Typically fives who are well-developed. And the reason why I'm saying that is because they're generally fives who are really well-developed are open-minded and interested in system thinking. And the Enneagram in many ways is a very complex system that is a map of movements and of, you know, that's ancient. And, and that generally draws five's attention because it's something that's very in line with the way that they enjoy exploring. So I think that many fives actually do enjoy investigating the Enneagram and di diving deep into it. And then they end up getting masterful at it very quickly, as, as you might expect. But if it doesn't instigate their curiosity, then they will kind of leave it. And if it does instigate their curiosity, then they're all very much in it. So I couldn't say that there's a consistency there other than that. I also heard you say open-minded, which I just think is a really nice note to end on where it's like the fives are fantastic about staying so open and so curious. And so we appreciate all those fives out there and love partnering with them as well. Yes, we do. Yeah. Thanks, Jules. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Enneagram or work with us, you can find the link to our LinkedIn in the show notes. And we'd love for you to continue following our journey by hitting the subscribe button. 